You loved the first hair episode so much, I'm doing a part two. This one is Easy Belly Dance Hairstyles. This is Alicia Free, a badass belly dancer, musician, and real food enthusiast, here to help you feel a little lighter. Each show will dive into music that makes us want to dance. We'll share secrets of looking smoking hot in costume and everyday life. We'll dote on delicious whole food that makes us glow. And I'll throw in a damn sexy dance move you can try at home. This show number 15 is a milestone for a little lighter. Hopefully you have been enjoying the make you shine costume tips and damn sexy dance moves in all the shows. And you are going to enjoy those two elements of this show even more. Why? Because they are coming from our very first featured dancer, the beautifully buff and graceful Ellie Shiva of New England. Ellie Shiva inspired this simple hairdo episode with the costume tip and dance move that you'll learn later in this episode. Yeah, Ellie Shiva! Let's start with a reflection and ritual that just might light up your life. Danceable ritual. Let your hair dance in the wind. When the wind takes over and throws our hair and clothes around, we might automatically wince and contract. We might fight it, strands of hair slipping into our eyes and making us feel like a mess. We can resist or we can ride it. Have you ever danced on a windy sea or a bridge or a rooftop or tried to do a choreographed veil piece at an outdoor festival in the wind? Fighting the wind is useless, a waste of precious energy. When we modify our movements to flow with the wind, we infuse our motion with the infinite power of the wind. Wind makes our hair dance like no other part of our body. All of the other danceable rituals in previous shows have involved dancing with our body. This danceable ritual is going to be a little different. This episode is about hair as part of our costume. This is a good follow-up show because many of you loved show number five, the Kaliji hair dance moves from Iraq, where we talked about hair as more of a prop. Sneak preview alert, look out for a future episode on Zar dance, a trance dance where hair is used kind of like a prop as well. So if you haven't subscribed yet, subscribe and it'll pop right up for you. Referring to a previous show again, the henna episode number 13, we talked about hair in regards to self-care and ancient ritual for dancers. So here we are focusing on hair as part of our costume. Each time we create a costume, it's as if we are composing a painting. Let us start this danceable ritual by composing a painting of our hair in our minds right now. Close your eyes. Imagine a strong gust of cold wind cutting through a city street right into your face. Squint your eyes shut. Block your face with your arm. Collapse your shoulders. Start worrying about your hair getting all messed up. Feels pretty awful, right? This is what a lot of us automatically do when the wind hits our face. Keep your eyes closed and try this again. Imagine a warm gust of wind from the sea. Let it lift your hair. Let the wind kiss your face. Your chest opens up as your shoulders relax, tension lost somewhere beyond in the breeze. Your hair is dancing. This is the painting I want you to see. Now raise your arms up like a ballerina, holding a moon that rests softly on your shoulders. Frame your dancing hair, free of training and expectations on how to move. Let your hair have the chance to go wild and invite your body to follow. My Kashmiri friend Binish once said, your hair is wild, it suits you. She was right. I was 20, riding buses around India. My hair was wild, my hair is wild, and it suits me. That's a choice I made long ago. Wild hair, Alicia Free. 
Next time you feel yourself fighting against the infinitely powerful wind, try welcoming it into your hair. Let it lift your hair. Release any resistance from your face. Let your hair dance. Raise your arms up like a ballerina, framing your dancing hair. Let your hair dance wildly in the wind and let the rest of your body follow. When my hair dances in the wind at the ocean, I often recite a poem I memorized years ago. You might want to pair something like this poem with the ritual of letting your hair dance in the wind. The original poem is called So I Said I Am Ezra by A.R. Amens, a Cornell professor and famous poet who really made an impression on me when I met him in a small modern poetry class as an undergrad. You'll hear the first section of the poem here, and then I'll offer a modified version for this danceable ritual. Here's the original poem. So I said, I am Ezra, and the wind whipped my throat, gaming for the sounds of my voice. I listened to the wind go over my head and up into the night. Turning to the sea, I said, I am Ezra. So beautiful. Here's a modification we can say when we let our hair dance in the wind. Feel free to close your eyes and imagine the wind's fingers in your hair again. So I said, I am free. And the wind whipped my hair, making it dance on its own. I surrendered to the wind, going into my hair and up into the sky. Turning beneath, I said, I am free. If you have a danceable ritual you want to share, please visit aliciafree.com. That's A-L-I-C-I-A, free, F-R-E-E and click on the Facebook icon and post your ritual. We want to see who you are and what makes you want to dance. And if you tried one of these danceable rituals, tell us how it went. Go to aliciafree.com, click on that Facebook icon, and post. Now it's time for some music. Danceable song. Due to my confusion with fuzzy copyright laws, I am unfortunately not going to include clips of the featured songs here on the podcast unless I get permission from the artists. The featured songs will always be available on Spotify on my Belly Dance Body and Soul playlist. That's Freedom by Artem Uzunov. Hair is definitely a part of this fabulous drummer's costume. And you'll hear this song in the second half of Ellie Sheva's video of the Damn Sexy Dance move coming up. The rhythm in this drum solo changes about every 20 seconds, so it's very exciting. Lots of drum rolls you can shimmy to, as well as really dynamic changes in sound and tempo. And it's a very easy drum solo to edit into shorter sections that don't sound like they're missing anything. In the video I'll link to of Ellie Sheva performing to this song, she actually starts the song That's Freedom about two and a half minutes into the song, and it doesn't sound like it was cut out of the middle of the song. In the song That's Freedom, about three and a half minutes into it, Ayub starts, and then it's time for Haliji hair throws. And then there's this big climactic finish where Elishiva ends up on the ground with a Turkish drop. I love it. In this song, you'll hear a drum set too, which is not that typical in a belly dance songs, especially drum solos. You'll hear the hi-hat and the bass drum, and that also makes this song fun to dance to. It's different. Let's talk a little bit more about the composer of this song. In videos of this Russian percussionist, Artem, you'll often see him standing as he plays the darbuka. Because of this, he can interact with belly dancers at eye level instead of at butt level, which is about where drummers are when we're sitting on stage and a dancer is dancing in front of us. I'm sorry, I'm a dancer and a drummer, so I have both perspectives. So that's something to think about when we are staging a drum solo with a drummer, especially if you know them well, maybe they could stand. It makes me want to practice playing darbuka standing up with my foot on a chair. 
Artem has these photos of him shirtless and soaking wet with women raking their fingers across his bare chest. So much fun. And the best part is that he does a lot of duets with famous belly dancers. Just him, Artem, on the stage as the only musician, bringing the best out of a belly dancer with his darbuka. Very cool. Artem also made an app of rhythms for belly dancers. You can get the free version and you can hear the three most popular rhythms for belly dancers, Maksum, Belady, and Saidi. If you pay a dollar a month, you can unlock over a dozen more rhythms and you can get dance instruction to each of these rhythms in the app from a dancer named Diana Nachenka. Sorry if I'm saying that incorrectly. It's five bucks a month to get this. It seems like a fantastic resource for all dancers who have talked about learning more rhythms but haven't taken the next step to really do it. I'll link to this in the show notes as well. Artem also plays in a Balkan brass band and does projects with classical music and opera singers and so on. Versatile and theatrical drummers are hard to come by. Artem seems to be one of these unicorns. Great song choice, Elisheva. Follow my playlist, listen for free, and dancing will become even easier with hundreds of diverse belly danceable songs, all curated for you and all on one list right at your fingertips. Just click on that Spotify icon on the top of aliciafree.com and it will take you right there. Let's do some dancing. Damn 60 dance move. Free your hair. Before we move on to the damn sexy dance move, I'd like to introduce Elisheva a little more. Elisheva is a talented performer and instructor known for her earthy expressiveness and feminine grace. She tours to perform in all kinds of fabulous venues and shows and also has regular gigs close to her home in Hartford, Connecticut. Her YouTube channel is awesome because her performances on that channel are really fun to watch. Creative, interesting, high skill level. Unfortunately, I haven't had the opportunity to study with her, but I would love to. Ellie Sheva has performed with bands like Kashmir, the live Led Zeppelin show, and produces an annual theatrical full production called Heartbeat of Belly Dance in Hartford. You can see what she's up to on EllieShevaBellyDancer.com. That's E-L-I-S-H-E-V-A BellyDancer.com. And now for a little lighter, damn sexy dance move from Ellie Sheva. She writes, I love to perform sidewinders and gooey snake arms. Sometimes I'll do these early in a performance with my back facing the audience because I maintain more mystery at the beginning of a performance and because this movement is really highlighted in the back of the shoulders. However, if you have long hair, your shoulders are covered. The neck is also a very graceful, expressive part of a dance, so pinning the hair up can better highlight these movements. Elisheva continues, The problem is that eventually I like to have my hair down, able to move. But just as every perceived problem is in fact an opportunity for discovery, my trick is to roll up my hair in an easy chignon. I always thought that word was chignon. (laughs) And clip it up with an alligator clip, the kind that opens up and closes simply by pinching the end, and romantically and dramatically remove the alligator clip and toss it aside mid-spin. Very cool idea. Gotta love the intentional onstage costume change. Burlesque is all about that. We can bring more of these onstage costume change surprises to our audience as belly dancers as well. Important note, be sure to toss the hair clip well out of the way so that you don't step on it while dancing. And of course, not so far that it could hit someone else. Elisheva has also done a similar thing with a hair ribbon, pulling the tie of the ribbon loose and then shaking her hair out side to side, signifying release and freedom. I'll put a link to a video of this move in the show notes, and I keep adding helpful free dance videos on YouTube and Instagram and Facebook. Subscribe, and the moves will keep coming. 
Now let's take a moment to dote on delicious whole food that makes us dancers glow. Featured light in my body food. Cabbage. Ellie Sheva has been a super generous featured dancer, even offering us a vegan whole food ingredient. She writes, For a super healthy and cheap meal, I love to simply chop up and stir fry a cabbage in coconut oil and toss it with some pasta, plenty of salt and pepper. Super simple, satisfying vegan meal. Sounds good to me. Especially if it's a mix of green and purple cabbage, that would be pretty. And maybe top it off with some cashew cream sauce and pumpkin seeds. Mmm. There's a recipe for five-minute guacamole pizza on my site that uses purple, also known as red cabbage. I'll refer to it both ways. And there's also a fresh spring roll recipe and a sweet and sour rainbow fried rice recipe that use red cabbage. When eating cabbage raw or lightly cooked, it's best to cut it into really thin strips. If it's cooked for a while, the bigger chunks can be nice. Raw cabbage, like raw broccoli and raw kale, is not so digestible. If it's cooked or salted and pressed or fermented, our bodies have an easier time benefiting from the vitamin C and the protein and the calcium that is in cabbage. Like carrots, raw green and purple cabbage can stay untouched in the fridge for weeks and still add color and healthy magic to meals when you thought you were all out of vegetables. At festivals around the road, green and purple cabbage can last quite a while in a cooler. Napa cabbage is great for kimchi, but doesn't last as long as the more tightly packed leaves of green and red cabbage. And then there's the alchemy of fermentation, where cabbage really shines. When I get a big head of local cabbage from the farmer's market, it makes me reach for the book Wild Fermentation by Sandra Elix Katz. Newsweek called this book the fermenting bible, and I couldn't agree more. It's one of the few cookbooks I keep right in my kitchen. The author Sandra has been living with HIV since the 80s. I heard him speak at Cornell a a few years ago, and I remember him mentioning that he started fermenting foods as a way to heal himself. Fermenting food at home also does something healing for me. The process is really enjoyable. Checking in and tasting it along the way and deciding when the taste is just right and then putting a lid on it. There's always homemade kimchi or sauerkraut in my fridge, ready to garnish rice or noodles or go in a sandwich or get scooped up with some nori. There are countless microorganisms in our bodies, especially our guts, and these are nurtured by the microorganisms that live in food like kimchi and sauerkraut. Savoy cabbage is on my list as a vegetable I have not tried to cook yet but would love to, and I just added it to my grocery shopping list. Let's play dress up. Make you shine costume tip. Get out that alligator clip or ribbon and free your hair, Elisheva style. Love it when a damn sexy dance move and costume tip go together like peanut butter and jelly. Thanks again, Elisheva. Let's talk about some more simple hairdos for belly dance. Some people put a lot of work into their hair for belly dance performances. There's the whole ATS style bun with tons of flowers and other treasures pinned into it. Extensions, hairspray, and then there are fancy headdresses and turbans that look fabulous but can restrict movement. It's a stylistic choice. I like to toss my hair when I dance. I want the freedom to throw my hair around whenever the music calls me to do that. That's part of why I wear my hair down when I dance. Some people prefer more structure when they dance. And hair can do that for you too. More structured hair, if you will. And then there's the Fifi Abdo pompadour and lightly pinned long and loose flowing hairstyles that we see in dancers from the golden age of Egyptian cinema and decades after. Those hairdos often allow us more freedom. Disclaimer. 
I have curly hair, so the whole world of blow drying and curling and using product is lost on me. Please forgive me if wearing your hair down takes more time than putting it up. The simple hairdos in the show are meant to be just that, simple, but they might not work for everyone. Check out the board of Simple Belly Dance hairdos I created on Pinterest. I'll keep adding more images of easy belly dance hairstyles from Hollywood and Egyptian film, golden era belly dancers, and paintings of dancers created before photography, vintage belly dance photographs, cabaret headbands, etc. Follow that board. The two easiest hairdo options for belly dancers involve headbands that stay in place without bobby pins, and decorated side clips. Just these two kinds of hair ornaments can go a long way, and you can literally have them placed perfectly in your hair in a minute. Let's talk about headbands first. Not the plastic horseshoe-shaped headbands that squeeze our heads behind our ears and can easily fly off our heads. I'm talking about headbands that are a full circle that we can tie under our hair. In episode 5, I suggested making a no-sew headband out of stretchy cotton. I'm going to add to this and say it can also be a stretchy cotton blend or non-stretchy fabric that is easy to tie and stays where you want it. You probably want to finish the edges of it if it's going to fray. This simple headband is a great base to add more ornaments like antique a suit or lightweight coins or shells or flowers. Even head jewelry that has that chain that runs along the top center of your head where your part goes, you can just take that chain off and sew the head jewelry to your headband and then you don't have to worry about the chain getting tangled or sliding around anymore. And it's easier to pin a veil to a sturdy headband than to your hair. If you're doing like a Persian piece or just want a loose veil framing your body, you're going to want a headband on too. Decorated side clips add so much in so little time. It takes some experimentation to find the clips that stay where you want them even when you toss your hair. For me, the snap clip barrettes work better than the alligator tooth barrettes, so I opt for those. And the snap clip barrettes with the fabric flower or the decorated felt base work best for me. I'm not really into fake flowers that are made to look like real flowers, but there are these great fabric flowers that don't have that fake flower vibe. They look like fabric. Of course, it would be fabulous to dance with real flowers in our hair, but the freshness part is a little tricky. If you are up for some DIY belly dance costume accessory action, you can experience the joy of repurposing an earring that you love but no longer wear because you lost the other one. You can put it on one of these decorated side clips. You can showcase a feather you found maybe from a blue jay or from your friend's guinea hens or some pretty jewelry that you found secondhand but still haven't figured out how to wear it. You could put it on one of these decorated side clips. The headband and the side clip are the easiest belly dance hair accessories and you can change them in a minute backstage during a performance or a simple mini costume change. Want to add a little ottoman or Turkish bride to your hair? Add a few skinny braids. They may be more noticeable closer to your face. These look better in straight hair than they would in my hair, I think. Now on to some other hairdos that are still simple, but a little more restrictive in terms of movement. These use flapper-style headbands, crowns, and chopsticks or porcupine quills. A flapper-style headband can allow for a bit of movement, but not nearly as much movement as a headband that's tied underneath your hair. It's still worth having a flapper-style headband option because they're cute. And you might be invited to perform at some 1920s event, you know. If you have a glue gun and a shorter feather and some thinner brocade, you can whip one right up. The flapper style headband that I've worn for dance performances has the top of a peacock feather, which I love because it's nice and round instead of being a skinny spear shape. So that feather stands up straight on its own and it looks good. It has some width to it. These hairdos are all in an infographic that's easy for you to understand as a snapshot that I'll put out there too. Remember that we have a license to be as glamorous as a bride every time we belly dance. That's part of why we do it, right? 
Dressing up for just a couple proms and our wedding really isn't enough dress up for a lifetime. This is one of the reasons people who do not belly dance are jealous of us. The dress up never stops for us. We actually get to wear the big shiny things in our closet and crowns. There are some great crowns out there that are really made to be dance crowns. Crowns can also be made out of chunkier necklaces or fancy dance belts that are too short for our hips. My favorite crown is a piece that I bought in India. I believe it was meant as a belt. The silver is only as long as the front of me and then it had a ribbon for a back and a loop. I used to just tie it together and wear it over my hips with only the bling on half but then I decided to make it into a crown. I just connected the two ends so it's a continuous loop of silver. The key to a crown is to get it so that it's heavy enough to stay in place, but still comfortable and does not get tangled in your hair. I really just wear the crown for photos. It might work well pinned to a veil. Pinned to a sturdy headband, though. Sounds like a little too much work for the simple hairdo episode. I have not mastered the messy boho updo that stays right where I want it to, but it's a great simple hairdo option to consider when our hair looks a little rough after a few days at a festival, camping, etc. You could create a boho updo with or without a headband. Similar to Ellie Shava Shinyon and Alligator Clip, you can just gather your hair as if you're making a ponytail, twist it a bit, and add some hair sticks and porcupine quills. Reinforcing this with bobby pins may be a good idea, but you can walk on the wild side without bobby pins and see if it works for you. A note about porcupine quills. They are great for those of us with lightweight hair because they are hollow and don't weigh our hair down, but they are sharp. You don't want them on the floor of your room or on the floor of your tent. Ouch. I've learned this from experience. A side note, the whole gypsy style phenomenon seen when we Google gypsy style seems completely unrelated to any existing actual Roma dress and culture. Where did it come from? I searched for gypsy headscarf and I got all kinds of messy hair with scarf photos. Don't get me wrong, the photos were cool, but the word bohemian may be more descriptive for that style. For this last simple belly dance hairdo, let's bring just a few bobby pins into the picture. Let's try a 1970s Egyptian Fifi Abdo faux pompadour. Calling it a faux pompadour, not a full-on pompadour. I even like to do it in two mini pompadours on either side of my side part. I call this a faux pompadour because teasing hair and adding hairspray for a full-on pompadour freaks me out. Just a little volume and height looks good too. You don't need the teasing and the hairspray. Take a small section of the hair on top of my head. Puff it up a little bit, twist the part I'm going to anchor down with two bobby pins, and pin them. A hairstylist taught me that bobby pins are actually designed to lock together opposing, meaning the bumpy side of one bobby pin faces up and the bumpy side of the other bobby pin faces down. I make an X with the two bobby pins with the bumpy side up, bumpy side down, and then it keeps that mini faux pompadour right there without hairspray. For this hairstyle, I would need to do some hair toss tests before going out on stage and be willing to abandon the pompadour idea if it's not working backstage. If you have a costume tip to share, please send it my way via Facebook or an email through my site. As Will Durant said, we are what we repeatedly do. So, let us repeatedly do what the divinely lovely do. Feel good. Look goddess habit. You've heard this in the danceable ritual and the damn sexy dance move in this show. This is the perfect feel-good look goddess habit too. Free your hair. Let it loose and see what happens. Disrupt your everyday hair routine. See what happens with as little styling and intervention as possible. See if freeing your hair makes you feel like a goddess and is worthy of becoming a habit. 
seems appropriate to dive into a little bit of expectations and restrictions placed on hair, especially women's hair. There's an article called Untangling the Meanings of Hair in Turkish Society from Anthropological Quarterly. It was written in 1994 by Carol Delaney of Stanford. The author wrote that in Turkish society, hair is an emotionally charged symbol with different meanings that depend on gender, age, class, political commitments, and religious sentiments. All of these factors can become entangled in any given context. I can see this being true in many other cultures as well. Consider how shaved heads for monks in some religious orders symbolizes castration. Back to this article, Untangling the Meanings of Hair in Turkish Society. Women's sexuality is not allowed to run rampant, she writes, or to be displayed. Instead, it is covered and put under strict control. Women's hair, it would seem, comes to symbolize the physical entanglements by which men are ensnared and thus must be kept out of sight. Delaney writes about hair braiding and how a big part of transforming a woman into a bride is doing her hair. She writes, women are thought to have a loose and rampant sexuality, which must now be tamed and brought under further control. This is symbolized by braiding the hair for the wedding. When I threw in the idea of adding some narrow Turkish braids to your hair, this is what I was referring to. Delaney mentioned the fetishism of hair in Islam and elsewhere, which I find so interesting. The fetishism of hair. Hair is a big part of our everyday costume, and it can be so steeped in cultural and political meaning. So maybe you feel like a goddess with your hair all tied up and under strict control, and maybe freeing your hair will make you feel different. The beauty is that many of us are able to choose. If you have a feel-good-look goddess habit to share, please send it my way. I hope you've enjoyed the show. Please subscribe and let your friends know what you got out of this show. Dance with me on YouTube, listen to the music I've selected for you on Spotify, and try some free vegan recipes on AliciaFree.com. This is Alicia Free, hoping this show helped you feel a little lighter.